Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the worst movie that Marvel has ever produced, and if you disagree with that, you are in the right place. This is Agree to Disagree Podcast, the most original movie podcast on the internet, because what we do is not just discuss about the films that have come out, what we do is we fight about them, we hate each other, and only one stands in the end. I'm Alex. I'm Andrew, and as you can probably tell, we do not want a real job, so that's why we're here today. To discuss my partner's ludicrous comments about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you already know it, after all, if you're here you probably watched it, and you know that it's a kick-ass movie, and that he's exaggerating, but it's his character! He's a loony, crazy, racist ankle that you invite for Thanksgiving, and that you just have to pretend he doesn't exist the rest of the time when somebody comes over and they see your Facebook newsfeed, wait, Facebook's more like, way 2012 reference, right? What, what, what are kids are into these days? What should I, I say? Have, Instagram newsfeed? I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm gonna say kids are into uh, weed. Uh, I'm gonna use buzzwords. Trump. Uh, you do it now. Hashtags. Oh shit. M- m- millennials. Uh, weed. Weed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Lord. Trump. Oh. Supporter. Wait. 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 Oh. Whoa. Yeah, you're, He's from Mississippi, you're, right? You're being a bit too topical, actually. Oh yeah. yeah. All right. No, but let's but get he, into. Topic. Yeah, he is from Mississippi. Yeah. Isn't he a wee bit not racist for being from Mississippi? That's the thing. He, he was abducted by, by aliens when he was ten. Yeah. Let's say moving to. Let's say moving to Mexico. You know, you get used to it. But ten is a long time. I mean, space no. gives you a lot more opportunities to be racist yeah, than you know, you know regular what? humanity. I mean, like here you can objectively yeah, say, "Hey, your species is shit." I mean, yeah. look at you, taser face. Look, look, look at the face. You have a tentacle for anus. Your species doesn't work. But also, you need to realize that his mother is kind of the, the mix. Isn't it the mixing things? You know, he was he had a son with an alien. So I guess. His mother is the the definition of not racist. And she so, lived in Mississippi? What the hell is wrong with her? I mean, there's people like that in all the that, world. There's racist thing. people in New York, uh, in California. Yeah, but there's a proportion to how many uh, array, uh, percentage. Well, Miss Star-Lord just happened to be the only one non-racist people in person in Mississippi. And then she went around saying non-racist things, like, hey, my boyfriend is from the stars, and oh, look, there goes the crazy fucking lady that's not racist. I mean, that, that, that was the thinking process of the townspeople. It was like, my boyfriend is from the Oh, you can never believe anything. First, she's gonna say that her boyfriend is from the star. Then she says that black deserves equal rights, and that we should take down the Confederate flags. That is loony never stops. What's next? Gay people getting married? Oh, oh my wait, god! Wait, wait, it's I crazy. Think, no, I think you you went too far. Like, yeah, they wouldn't say gay people. Right? Yeah. they wouldn't say a much offensive word. Also, we shouldn't. We should turn it down. Right? We've been too edgy. But as you can see, transgender ed- people can't use bathrooms there. Okay, I think yeah, that's, that's Arizona, though. No, I think they turned that down, though. I'm pretty they? sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Doesn't matter. This is not the law podcast. This is agree to disagree, a podcast where we discuss about movies and, as we said, and we're, we're liberal t- facts, clearly. Yeah, we're. I mean, if this is this does come does not come out as sarcasm, then you had a problem. You're probably a Republican because you're an idiot. <laughs> Get it? I don't want to alienate. And evil. I don't want to alienate our audience. We and probably have, lizard people. We have no we have no problem with Republicans. It's just that you know everyone in this business is mostly a liberal cuckold. So we gotta be liberal cuckolds if we want to fit in. It's just about fitting in, isn't it? All about fitting in. But you know what's also about fitting in? This family, movie. Family. This movie because this movie is about family. But don't be mistaken. This is not Fast and Furious. This is oh, a real thanks. movie. And of course, even though we already did, we need to be very clear. We're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie because. We got to watch it just like 24 hours earlier, and so, you know, we are going to talk about it as we should. And you're going to listen to it, and you're going to enjoy this more than the movie. Because you shouldn't th- be so pushy. I mean, people yeah. don't like being, being pushy. But there is a comparison to me. I recently watched uh, a review on Persona 5, and it made me remember... Uh, Why do you have to tell the audience that you're a weeaboo piece of shit? Well, we have to cater to every demographic when we have serial people listening, so, you know. Just... You just gotta cast a white name. Point is... Two words. Yeah. Anime was a mistake. Uh Uh-huh. So, as you can see, he was raised in Missouri. Now, (laughs) the the non-retarded accent probably gives away that I'm lying. But the point is, there was a comparison between Mass Effect and Persona 5, uh, how they were both groups of, of people and that Mass Effect fell flat because you didn't care because they were basically... Wait, you mean mo- Mass Effect Andromeda? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, because when you say Mass Effect you're talking about the original trilogy. Yeah, well, well, Andromeda is not Mass Effect. 
Andromeda is just you know it's that kid. we can do a video game podcast later for now that, Andromeda is that kid that you don't want to have lunch with but you're forced with, by your teacher because he's like oh come on he needs a friend and you're like alright no wait you missed the fact that he's autistic and he always makes don't weird facial expressions and so he goes and he's just spaced out don't say the A word it's not what we're talking about oh boy we're Alex I don't think you're allowed to say that word. All right, so this is not a podcast about bad impressions. We're going to jump right can into it. Can you lead me to my analogy, okay? All right, yeah, Persona 5, we piece of shit. Point is that Mass Effect Andromeda, if you will, which is not a Mass Effect game. Yes, indeed. Falls flat because you don't care about the characters because yeah. they're fucking weird and they're just, they do not emote. They're not characters themselves. And that's where Persona succeeds. You care about each and every one and you care about the story. And so there's a comparison to be made here two weeks after Fast and Furious came out. I don't know if it was not two weeks. That movie just ruined my perception of time and space and enjoyment. Yeah, it was two weeks. Uh, Or three weeks, maybe. (laughs) Maybe it was ten years ago. Yeah. So it's themes of family and togetherness. They're all the same and they're both cheesy as fuck. But Guardians succeeds by and large because there are actual characters there. You actually care. They're fun. There's also a bit of consistency in the universe. Yeah, you can have a fight scene that it's very reminiscent of the Man of Steel Final fight scene, but actually done correctly, you know, with color and life and vibrant energy. But uh, it actually succeeds because you care, because it's consistent with the laws the universe has provided. Oh, this dude is a planet. Yeah, yeah, he's a planet. But we explain it, and, and that's what happens. It's not like, yeah, we drive cars, and they're faster than a submarine. Why? I mean, are you in a parallel universe where you, you're Superman because you have a car? Can listen, you teleport? Listen, this is a good segue to just jump straight into the disagreements that we might have about this movie. And as you said... Star-Lord's dad is called Ego, and he's a planet. Well, he's a celestial who builds around himself a planet, so in it on himself, he's a planet that takes a human form to communicate and to do whatever. And this is one of the things I didn't like about the movie. Because even though they hint at it, just, just for one split second where Ego takes his actual form, his most fun form, which is a planet has a big-ass face on it, they only do it for a moment, I just wanted to see a planet with a face, talk, talking and doing shit, you know, making jokes. So I'm a planet, blah, 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 I'm making jokes, this is Guardians of the Galaxy. This is Marvel trademark humor, by the way. This is a good representation of what Marvel humor sounds like. Thank God you're not in charge of Marvel movies. Well, yeah, I'm actually, in general, because... actually, I agree with that, because I, I don't think I have the talent or the stupidness to be in charge of that. But yeah, most no, of you're, time, you're much better here making yeah. this podcast and I being agree. vice president of shenanigans. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate being... He's not even president of shenanigans. I'm CEO of shenanigans, by the way. That's a bad joke. No, listen. So that's the first thing I I didn't really like about the movie because it disappointed me. You know, you have such a great character, such a great sany character, and you're just using it for a gag for a split second. And you know what? It wasn't even that clear. If you were looking at the Ravager guy's face or if you were just not paying attention to the actual facial features, you maybe missed that he's a, a planet with a face. That's like the best character design that has ever come out of a movie. A planet with a fucking face on it, and we didn't get to see it. You know, we could have got to see it in DC. DC has a planet with a face called Mogo, the living planet. That's not called the living planet. It's just called Mogo. And we calling uh, the Osho, living planet is racist. Oh, I don't think he it's has just a life form. I don't think he has a face either. But yeah. my point is that we could have seen a little planet in DC. But you know what? We couldn't because we had a Green Lantern movie that sucks and is the worst thing that's ever happened. Green Lantern. No, the no, worst thing no, that's no, ever no, happened. Get back on track. Shut no. up. The worst thing that's ever happened to movies, and second, is this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. This movie was terrible. I'm just kidding. It's not terrible. This movie's good. But it has some things that disappointed me. And, you know, speaking of one character, why don't we talk talk about some of the characters first? Is there there anything that you thought it was extraordinary about this movie and its characters? Actually, yeah. Uh, Don't get me wrong. It didn't always handle it well. It did come off as really down your throat kind of thing. It's not like the plot always float naturally to allow for uh, smaller character moments to, to give uh, pause and actual development. But even when it stumbled at the beginning, they all serve the purpose. Like the scene between Mantis and Drax uh, watching over the, the pools and connecting over his long dead daughter. And it was actually moving. Something that I did not expect. We already knew his backstory and this character larger than life hiding such a, a deep pain. It actually... Because when you go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, knowing what 1 was, don't get me wrong, I loved 1. I'd probably put it around my top 3 Marvel movies. Uh, I'd have it, I don't, I don't know, Civil War, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. What about there. Iron Man 1? 
Oh, and I remember. Well, so it's on stop four. I don't know. It's it's high. What about Thor uh, Ragnarok? We all know it's going to be great. <laughs> Let's hope so. What about uh, Avengers one, dude? Do you like it more? Do you like Guardians one more than Avengers what? one? Do you like Guardians one more than Avengers one? Yeah, I do. You do? Oh, it's surprising. Yeah. So, and don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic movie, yeah. but it's it's uh, just an amalgamation of funny things happening with a plot that's just a type uh, the usual plot not much time to breathe and to develop actual characters and that's fine because that's what origin stories are for and so in this one to see that they actually try and transcend those limits and in some cases succeed like in the scene that I'm telling right now it's, it's, it's fun. Yes, you can have Mantis being hit by a debris when you're having the classic pan shot and breaking the cliche like that. But the fact that you can also pull out, that you can also pull smaller character moments that actually let it breathe. And no, I'm not referring to a cheer scene because I, I, I get it. I get the conception of the joke. I get that it was fun. I get that it was meta. But it just leave the thing to Don Harmon. Seriously, because... What, you mean the Cheers scene? Yeah, the Cheers scene. Like, the reference to the TV show. Yeah, like, oh, there's this unspoken thing and we can because its ratings will go down. I think... So it has to remain an ethereal... Ro ethereal no, th this movie tries to do something and it fails, which is, it knows that it's a Marvel movie. So, by definition, most people would call it a kid's movie, you know? I don't think it's a kid's movie, but, of course, Marvel movies cater to a younger audience. They're superheroes, they're colorful, they're not offensive in any way, shape, or form. So I think that what they're trying to do in this movie, which they also tried to do in the first one, is balance the humor that kids will understand, which is basically everything that Groot does, and then and some other guys too, and then they try to make some jokes for a, uh, an older audience. And I don't think they pull it off properly. That Cheers joke, I think it was terrible. First of all, who the fuck cares about Cheers? Millennials are too too young to care about Cheers. And the old people that are going, I don't think they're going for the Cheers humor. Oh, let's go watch a Marvel movie. We'll see a fucking joke from a show that was like, I don't know, 40 years ago or whatever the fuck it was. So I don't think that lands. And there is a lot of jokes that don't land. But this is not what we're talking about this. No, but it's an interesting point that you bring up. And it's a good segue. But by the way, uh, you do realize Star-Lord left around the time Cheers was popular. And that, so it's more of a... Age reference? I understand. Okay. But uh, they're the ones writing the script, yeah, not Star-Lord. So I, I they can't work around that. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, with being kids' humor and adult humor. I don't think anybody... I mean, it's, it's like the video game controversy, like the gamers' controversy where, oh, games are for little queens, and oh my god, how can you go around playing with that Pokemon Go app? Yeah, I know, that's 2016. Man, I'm old. But yeah, so every now and then... Uh, Stereotypes get taken down, and I think the idea that Marvel movies or superheroes are somehow for kids has been debunked enough so that we have like eight of them a year. So they're clearly not for kids, and they're clearly not viewed uh, that way by the public. But since you mentioned Groot, I want to say just wait, one wait, wait, thing. no, 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 wait, wait. Yeah, Marvel movies are definitely for kids. How are they for and kids? They're, are you kidding? Listen, listen, listen to me. They're for kids, and they're also for old people. That's why I say most Marvel movies, well, I don't know if most, but at least half of them actually nail the balance with, with, uh, between the old, the old audience and the younger audience, and they blend it perfectly. They're, Marvel movies are not Logan, and they're not always, all the movies are not fucking, I don't know, Power Rangers or something. When you say Logan, you mean they don't have a specific number of cliches that... No, no, I mean Logan is not a movie for kids. And the rating tells you for the first time, Deadpool is a movie for kids, actually, with a rating that doesn't allow kids in there. But Logan is not. What I'm saying is that most, any Marvel movie, and I'm talking about Marvel Studio movies, not Marvel property movies, any Marvel Studio movies, is, it's a kid movie because they're made with that audience in mind, but they also have this balance. Guardians, I thought it was more for the older audience, but now I think the balance gets meld up with with the, the concept that some jokes need to be there and they need to fit a criteria and it ends up being that most, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to say most jokes, but at least 25% of the jokes didn't land for me. Maybe it's because I'm not the right audience for that, but I'm tired of that brand Marvel humor. And you said we have eight Marvel movies a year. And, you and know, you say Marvel, I said superhero movies. Oh, you said superhero movies? Yeah. Well, we don't. We don't have eight superhero movies a year, usually. We usually have two Guardians, Spider-Man, Ragnarok, Wonder Woman, Justice League. Yeah, that's, that's five. five. And that's it. I'm pretty sure we have more. Well, I mean... Oh, we had... We also have... Oh, the, we had Logan. We, we got Logan, we got... And, and then if we move into TV, we got... Fast and Furious is kind of superhero movie, right, though? <laughs> It is. We Come got defend, we got defenders. That's Arrow, some, Flash, that's a, that's, that's a TV show. Yeah, I know, but still. No, uh, but the, the point is that I thought you said Marvel movies, and I wanted to make a point of that. Some years it feels like we have eight Marvel movies, 
some years they're longer than others in Marvel years because some years we got some piece of shit like Age of Ultron and Ant-Man. Some other years are better. This year is probably going to be great. This movie, quite good. What do, we, what do we have? 2015? We had something other than Ant-Man. I don't know. And, I, just, uh, I just remember uh, Ant-Man and almost falling asleep and that movie's Ant-Man terrible. Was, Ant-Man's not that bad. It's terrible. No, it's it the worst thing I've ever seen. No, it isn't. I'd rather watch Thor 1 in repeat. It's pretty adequate. Anyway, uh, not, but moving on, we're talking about the characters. And I, I want to I talk about a little bit more of the characters, and I want to ask you something. I want you to tell me your views first, and then I can destroy, you with, destroy them with my mighty hammer of arguments. And that is, what do you think about, what did you think about Drax the Destroyer in this movie? Uh, well, that's an interesting question, because I like him. But it took a while. Every single joke from him... I don't I think it's every single joke. I haven't watched Guardians. I watched it, I don't know, twice. Uh, once in the theater, once at home. So yeah. I haven't rewatched it in a couple of years. Jesus Christ, I can't believe that movie's three years old. <laughs> uh, I just honestly cannot believe that. Uh, but I do remember his character always hitting. At least that's the feeling I got. And even if that wasn't the case when I watched the movie, that's what I was stuck with. So when I think of this movie a couple of years from now, I won't remember it like that. I'll remember like uh, things like the scene from the trailer where he's laughing and, oh, your deepest, darkest secrets were exposed and stuff like that. And all of the things in the beginning or him jumping into a monster, they didn't click. But uh, just like a lot of the jokes from Rocket didn't click yeah. or a lot of the jokes in general didn't click uh, at the beginning. But I think it was more, I think it was intentional. I was actually starting to get worried throughout the beginning of the movie because I thought, oh, okay, yeah, this movie is perfectly adequate. It's fun. It's subverts. But it's just like trying to catch, a lot of people have said this already, but I'll say it anyway, that they were trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. Mm-hmm. And while they wouldn't, they weren't successful in doing so, it was still perfectly above mediocre. Like right. it, was, it was an enjoyable ride. But then the second and third act kicked in and it seemed like the cheaper gags, the, the, the smaller moments that seemed like there were jokes that never landed were actually to set the tone so that we actually knew how the characters were and we were starting to warm up. So once the wall went, get, got rolling, we actually followed along. And that's my, my impression of Drax. Did I like him through, through the first part of the movie? Yeah, I, do like, I did like him because he was likable, but he was not making me laugh. I, I certainly was not having that much fun with him. It seemed like he was forced all the time. But okay. eventually, like, like the joke about, about Mantis being ugly. Like, it, they did that thing where the, it's not even like the joke is funny, it becomes not funny, and then it becomes funny again. It was, the joke was not funny. I mean, it was a bit funny. Oh, you're ugly. Haha. <laughs> But then they keep going, and they kept going, and each time they brought the joke back again, they did the hardest thing possible, which is a joke that did not land, they turned it a lot of times into a great joke. Just the same thing with Baby Groot. Uh, everybody was expecting, oh, they're gonna make jokes about Baby Groot, oh, Baby Groot's gonna be the mascot of the movie. And this subversion of expectations uh, is what I find incredible in this movie. And so you started asking me about Drax, and I started talking about Drax, but I think it extends to everything, just like with the trailer. The trailer makes it seem like the whole first scene is a big deal fighting the squid monster. What's the first thing the movie does? It throws it out the window. Yeah. You, you're not even seeing the fight. You, wanna, you have like, what, five seconds? Yeah, yeah. I want to say something about that. First of all, I want to say something in general, which is you are ruining this podcast. You are ruining the gimmick. Why? You are supposed to be the one who loves this movie and can't say anything negative about it. And I'm supposed to be the negative Nancy here. And you're ruining our lives and our characters. But I am how, loving it. How are, is this audience, this million people audience, going to understand our gimmick if you're saying negative things about this movie? But I'm That's, loving um, it. I'm, I'm telling it that they did the hardest thing possible. Well, they tell that to your face. I mean, that makes no sense because it's an audio podcast. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you can't, if you say one more negative thing, I'm leaving because you're ruining this podcast. All right, moving on. Sometimes the, the soundtrack is forced. Soundtrack? Yeah. Oh, you say something negative? Yeah. Oh, you want me to leave? So I'll leave. Yeah, please. I'll take the microphone with me. I'll leave. No, this is mine now. Oh Jesus! No, no. But let, let's go back to the characters. Let's 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 forget about that little conflict that we had right there because I mean, come on, it was getting violent and. Uh, about Drax, I ask, you, me. I, I ask you about Drax, because I feel like Drax was the worst character in the first movie, and he's the worst character in this one also. And I also, strangely enough, I disagree completely with what you say. The, the being ugly joke, 
regarding Mantis, I thought it was funny almost all the time, especially the first one, except for the last one, because I'm tired of this movie doing the same thing. They have an emotional moment and they break the moment with a, with a little joke. I understand you do it all the time. It, it becomes so fucking predictable. Every time there's like a little soft music, a little cello and a violin doing there's some music and they're like, oh, I, you're the reason why I'm being... Make a joke. Oh, my dick is too big. Oh, laugh track. I can't imagine the laugh track. This movie came so close to a sitcom sometimes. You get a fucking beautiful little moment with a beautifully shot moment, great dialogue. You make a stupid joke. Why do you gotta do that? You were, In my opinion, the Drax and Mantis dynamic was really good up until the last time where they forced a joke into a moment that could have been another subversion of expectations, which is have a dramatic moment properly. You don't need to have another joke in the end. Just have the moment and then do eight jokes in a row. Why do you, this movie subverts expectations, yes, but in the moment where they should do it, to actually change the way this story is told, and most stories are told, because Marvel does that in old movies, they have these moments, and they have a little joke to decompress the situations, because we don't want the kids getting confused. This is not life. Life is all colors and games, and go buy our merchandise. Go buy the Star-Lord with light and action. Go buy the Baby Groot dancing doll. That's what they're doing. Can we just have something that makes a bit more sense? Or that subverts our expectations, like they're trying to. You know, this movie does the great, does the great thing you said. In the trailer, they make the, the first scene seems a big, like a big deal, and they mix it with the last scene, so it all seems like it's from the first the, the beginning of the movie. That's something smart, even though I have a, a few things about to say about the trailer. We can talk about that later. This movie has a, a weird balance when they're trying to make something different and they, they end up not doing it. They end up replicating the same formula always and always. And Drax, the reason I talk about Drax, he's awful. Do you have to make that laughing... The, the, his laughing is, is supposed to be a joke. And it's a bad one, by the way. He's strong and loud laughing. How is that a joke? You see how this is a sitcom? The only thing you need is Charlie Sheen doing a cameo and Sheldon doing the same Bazinga, Zimbabwe laugh track. So That's original. what we need. I know. So original. I know. Well, we're doing a movie podcast, so you can't really say that you're That's, original. That's a good point. So, how uh, are you going to defend Drax? Defend Drax. I don't agree. Like, uh, first of all, I, I want to go back to your wait, point wait. about. You say you don't agree? No, not at all. So, do I we. I disagree with you. I disagree. Do we agree to disagree? No, we don't because oh, shit. you're just plainly wrong. I mean, oh. we could say we agree to disagree, but no, because I'm just going to bring out the chalkboard. There's the... a little thing called branding, my friend. Listen. Yeah. You're just wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. He's so... Doing, people, he's doing hand motions. I... <laughs> he's doing the mouth thing. Oh, no. Oh, he's turning orange. Oh, my I God. Got... Oh, my God. What's this sudden craving to eat Mexican roasted? Not Mexican food. Oh, like, bro. a Mexican <laughs> person. Oh, just roasted. All right. Can we okay, end the liberal cuckold yeah. moment? Yeah, let's I mean, back. we're already too much of a pair of cuckolds, so let's we need to back. stop. And stop it with the cuckold. It's funny. It's funny word. Do not bring your sex life into this. Okay. People do not want to know about that. Yeah. I told you when you showed up in the game episode, I'm telling you that again. Stop it. All right. Okay. Just defend Drax for me, please. uh, I don't agree with all, but if you're talking about Drax, I have to talk about another stupid thing you've said. Uh, This thing about it being a kid's movie. It's not a kid's movie at all. Here's the thing. You work with the base that they're giving to you. If they say, listen, this movie is going to be PG-13, then you go ahead and you make your movie knowing that it's got a PG-13 rating, but that does not mean it's for kids. Is it inclusive? Yes, but it's not like when the jokes are for adults. I can't fucking do the quotations. Yeah, I was doing air quotes. Fucking when you do the jokes that are for adults, uh, supposedly, it's not like kids can't get them. It's not like they're exclusive. So you're saying, oh yeah, anal bondage is f- fantastic. No! It's it are things that are inclusive for everybody, and yes, you don't go racy. You don't you say the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy instead of the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. But it it's all included. You just work with a baseline. It's not that it's for kids. You work with the baseline that is PG thirteen and make it mature, going with that baseline. The fact that a movie is PG thirteen does not mean it's not mature. There are thousands of examples from this. I never say it wasn't mature. Uh, I can, no, but I still don't, don't agree with the fact that they're for kids. Yes, are toys and merchandise a big deal? Of course, but that means that's true for every single movie or thing related to action. I mean, if we, if Die Hard was released today, we'd be getting in Die Hard action line. And we'd be getting toys. I mean, there's a fucking movie about Max Steel. There's nothing that won't be turned into a toy and vice versa. 
Uh, don't crack your knuckles yeah, I, when I, I'm talking. I noticed this. Uh, so, about Drax. Since this movie is not how you say it, yes, his laugh was irritating, like I said uh, in a couple of jokes. Bad but joke. he, he is the owner of some of the best moments saving Mantis, having that heart-to-heart connecting at every time he's kind of the show's uh, the show the the, t- the the movie's heart yeah. uh, and I like him for it and there's also again with the, with the cheese sometimes being cheesy is not bad and sometimes being cheesy does not mean that you're just oh it's a fun movie but nothing more than that sometimes being cheesy is good sometimes it's good cheese I want cheddar on my, on my har- hamburger oh, oh my god, god. I'm mean, Inspector Cuso also uh, that's a terrible fucking joke Jesus joke. are we on a fucking sitcom right it's now it's a metaphor I think I can hear the laugh track. It's a metaphor. So it's well done! It's Yondu, a supposedly tragic character who we don't spend so much time with and who wasn't properly developed in the first movie to do this whole thing about him being a slave and stuff. Yes, of course. But even though his heart-to-heart with Rocket felt kind of forced, and ha-ha-ha, I know you, even if you want to tell the whole world that you're this tough guy. Oh my god, I heard the speech. Like, Are you fucking serious right what? now? No, no, just finish up. I, I have something to say about that. Come on. Come on, but come on, boy. It's still, it's... Even though the concept is cliche, even though uh, it, the introduction is falls, uh, falls flat, it still has meaning, it's still good, and it still accomplishes what it wanted to do, and massive spoiler head. That's why Yondu's death matters. Because Yondu dice relationships Asshole. are valued in the movie. Yeah, uh, I'd say my least favorite character, actually, the my least my least favorite pairing would be. Uh, I don't know which one though. It would either have to be Gamora and Nebula or Gamora and Star Lord, which is surprising because I do like Gamora quite a lot. It's she's not too much of the oh I'm a woman but I'm also strong stereotype. Because uh, it's not like she's, oh, I'm badass, but I also have this soft side. It's barely there. It's, it's, no, she's always a badass. And she can do stuff as a badass that are supposedly soft without going out of her character. Oh, no, I'm secretly a damsel in distress. That's not there. And yet I find her relationships profoundly lacking. Maybe because I hated that Cheers joke so much. Oh, jeez. You know, let, let me say something. I because, value the attempt, though. Because I, I, I think I disagree completely with what you said, because... I don't care about any of the moments that they had. I none of them connected with me. Maybe because I'm a heartless bastard. But to be honest, there's all of the moments, and I'm saying moments in the sense that they had dramatic parts of the movies where two characters or more are having a heart to heart. There was a bunch of those moments, and there's only one that actually thought I thought it was uh, made well and it, it was had a point. And you know what it is? The exact one that you said it was bad. I think the only good moment in that scenario was a rocket and Yondu one. Yes, it's is is it a bit cliche to have two broken characters be like, oh, I know what you are, you're me. It was, but the chemistry that those two characters have, it's amazing. One of the reasons why is because we haven't seen it before. We've seen, I mean, yes, we haven't seen Mantis and Drax, but Mantis is barely a character, and Drax is so annoying. But we've seen Star Lord and and Gamora have that shit. We've seen Star Lord have some a couple of moments with his mother before. So the father figure that he, that Eco tries to be first is not something completely new. But we haven't seen that relation with uh, Yondu and Rocket. Two broken people made completely different. One is was made actually, and the other one was a slave. And I think that was the best 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 made part because it's just one moment i think it was the best character moment that we had and all the other characters mo- character moments they fall flat especially you know which character moments is the worst the one with, that should be the best in my opinion which is the gamora and star lord relationship because that one starts in the first movie and we were expecting it to move on and it does but it doesn't and there's no resolution but it's also not much ground uh, gained but they were mad about it they said it that, yeah, no, you know, I know, it does not excuse it. Even put, if you, putting if you, a screen of tempered glass in front of something disgusting and terrible, does it not make it more less disgusting? I don't think you may be You may be not able to see the pus flowing from that disgusting thing, but you just need to move a, a couple feet and you see it. This is what's that. And it, it's not even, it doesn't have a point. Are we even anywhere different than we were in the first movie? No, because they're together. Yes, they are, but they're not really together. But they are. But they're not. They can't, you know, it's not like cheers, dude, friends. Come on, come on, dude. Meta again. I don't do agree. Some, you know, do something point. with the characters. That's my point. Just, don't they just leave do, it no, basically no. in the same they, spot. They, they did do something 
With the, they did a lot. What? They showed that Gamora cares about Star-Lord? They no, did that in the not, last movie, too. about Star-Lord. It's, they showed Gamora cares about Nebula. No, they no, showed... I'm talking about the relationship between Star-Lord and Gamora. Oh, between I'm the saying they didn't do anything worthwhile with that relationship. And it's screen time, you know? This movie's got cost a couple hundred million dollars to make, so I want my screen time to be well used. Because I am the only one who matters, and my opinion is law. And if I don't like it, it's wrong. So they should have done something better. So if they ended the movie in a relationship, would that, be, would that have been better? I think if it was well done, it would have been better. I wouldn't personally have liked it. I, 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 you know what? I would like them to subvert my expectations That's again. That's what's expected. Just kill it. You'd say Iron Man 2 relationship at the end is good? I don't remember how it ends. Pepper being a bitch and Tony Stark being an asshole. They're the perfect couple. They're all, oh, they're, both of them are horrible people. Captain America Civil War also ends with, oh, maybe will they... Do you think Batman's relationship with Martha, with the name of his mother, is, is, is fine just don't because it ends like that? Like, because they make the connection? Don't do that. Don't no, sometimes the there's no way to break the cliché. I mean, if you make them end up together, it's like, oh, they always end up together in the second movie because you said the groundwork in the first one and then you resolve it in the second one by saying that they don't speak about each other but they actually have feelings and then they resolve them. So that's a cliche. And then, if you make it so that they don't end up together, it's like, oh, you're just teasing us out. You're making it seem that they're going to get back together but they're not actually and so it's going to remain one. So speak so you're saying that the audience can never be happy. I'm saying that We're there's no way of... to avoid the, avoid the cliche because, I mean, let's face it, even unless you do something and sometimes you'll go another route and try and break it, the cliche and just end up making such a terrible product in the process. Case in point, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh god, why do you have to... Oh, I have a PTSD now. <laughs> oh my god, I remember the dialogue. Oh, oh, you're my ears and ears right here. He licks his hand and does something with his hair. And Fuck so me! They integrated in the first movie with the most cringy... Final one-liner of all time, promises are made to be broken. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot <laughs> about that! I made a promise to your dying father, I'm about to break it, ha! <laughs> what was I am that so, about? I'm a, such a funny guy! That was the first movie, by the way. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. But how, how, did, that, how, did, guy. That, how did anyone wrote that, first of all? How did anyone that read that said, oh yeah, this is okay? How did a studio put money on that? Everyone say it's it's totally fine to say hey we're disrespecting a, a promise you made to a guy what also, he was saying and we're talking about Spider-Man yeah right? I mean, if this was Tony Stark yeah, yeah sure whatever he's but an it's asshole fucking Spider-Man the dude most tortured for his promises and haunted by dead people stop he, stop we can't we yeah can't do if this. we go down this rabbit hole there's no way out so yeah you made it so that the relationship hasn't moved an inch. From the beginning to the end of the movie. Am I satisfied with that? No, I'm not satisfied with that. But is it bad because yep. of that? Yep. No, it isn't because yep. they made a conscious bad. choice. How many scenes did we dwell on, on, on their attraction? They were mostly used for jokes. It wasn't really uh, this, that's will they also one bad. day. It wasn't really... That's uh, also bad. No, it's not bad because it's not it's like... Pointless. We were not... This isn't uh, going back to a Cheers joke. Oh. Or uh, something I'm more familiar with with friends. Uh, it's not like it becomes a core concept of the show. The will they one day? Yes, I'm saying show, and this time sorry, it's a, a mistake. No, it's in fine. the movie, the will they one day? It's just not even the the second subplot. The second subplot. Uh, if the first one is family and the meaning of that, and and what what's the meaning of life? Whether it's with those close to you, or is it through achieving transcendence? Uh, okay. Then the second one would be just how far we're willing to go to risk those connections. And far, far off would be the subplot about them being a couple. We have what? The cheers joke, the joke about, oh, me revealing that you're romantically involved, the scene with drags about dancing and not dancers, and a couple of uh, copy pasted screams from maybe. Jesus Christ. Every other movie ever about, no, no, you're dying, no, and screaming the name of whoever's dying okay. to try and stop Which it. Which they do that in this movie, by the way. I know, but it's what? Three minutes of screen time? Five? Six? You know what's the thing? I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You said that they made a conscious choice. And I feel like one of my biggest problems with this movie and Marvel movies as of late is that it looks like most of Marvel movies are made out of conscious choices. The last movie that took an actual risk was the Guardians of the Galaxy episode one. You do died. No, no, I understand that. Let me let me go. Let me go for it. Just one thing happening that is not expected is not taking a risk. Having a movie that is different in concept is taking a risk. And to be fair, I don't think Guardians one was 
that much different. It was different from the rest, yes, superficially, but it was made with the same formula, though. The, the only thing that makes Guardians stand up, I think, is the director. One thing I can say is perfect on this movie is the directing most of the, case, most of the time. And uh, and this guy, uh, Gunn, how's his name? James, James Gunn. James Gunn. Uh, I remember the surname. I don't it's know. amazing to think that James Gunn is the guy that directed the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> yeah. Wait, both of them or only the second one? I think. I, no, think only... I, the I know he did the first one. Yeah. I don't know if he did the well, second one. But you know what? I, I, this one thing that's great about and James Gunn. Game. You know, you know what, you know what I like about James Gunn is he reminds me, and this is maybe not what we should be talking about, but let's 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 just take just a moment to talk about something a bit more serious. He reminds me a lot of of Sam Raimi. You know why? If you see any Sam Raimi movie, except for Spider-Man Three, if you see any any of them, Spider-Man One, Spider-Man Two, Evil Dead, a any one of those movies, Spider-Man Three. What? I don't know. There was never a Spider-Man 3. I don't know what you're talking about. No, but if you see... I'm talking about Sam Raimi as a director, not necessarily the movies that he made. And the reason why I compare it is because he's... James Gunn, as Sam Raimi, is a very creative director. Some shots in this movie are not just beautiful naturally. They're also very, very creative. Like the ones with the arrows and how it, it goes with the beat of the music. And how some shots are very minimal, but... He does a lot of extreme close-ups with reactions, like when someone's getting choked or someone is about to feel something. And the way that he handles them are sometimes are so different than anything else Marvel does. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because it saddens me that they have such a great and innovative director and they still make him go through the machine that produces movies that even though Guardians is different enough, they end up having the same taste, especially with the comedy. Does this movie have some great jokes? Yes, it has. It also has a lot of other jokes that are the same in all Marvel movies. Is someone says something weird or stupid, they make a little pause and they make a snarky comment about that, cut to a different scene. That's the Marvel trademark humor, and I'm sick of it. I'm looking forward to Thor Ragnarok. I'm just hoping that they do something slightly different, because this movie reminded me that I'm starting to get real fucking sick of Marvel movies. And I say Marvel movies, and it pains me to say it. But that is the case. They are so similar in a lot of aspects. The characters are different, the stories are different, but the things that bring the story together, like the comedy and the dialogue that is sometimes subject to the comedy, is falling so flat. And this movie, it did exactly that. So many jokes didn't land. Can you tell me that 50% of the jokes landed for you? Again, I think you have a misconception about the jokes in this movie. A lot of the jokes in the beginning, and again, I was kind of worried. Uh, are not meant to be laugh out loud. Just like get the rhythm on these characters, start to understand the character beats, and then it develops. And you know, one could say that I'm just justifying bad jokes and, and trying to. Uh, I wasn't defend. gonna, but I'm not. I'm gonna now. You're justifying bad jokes. And that I'm trying to defend a movie being uh, just mediocre. But given that we have the second and third half, I think it's pretty clear to assume that. It's all on purpose. And you know what? I don't agree at all with the it's the same bland comedy that we always see. No, that's not true. Not it, everything. Uh, that's a majority. You know, there, there are a lot of things that happen here that don't happen in a lot of movies. For example, uh, you, to do, it has a lot of visual comedy. Mantis getting hit in the, that cliche panning of the hero staring about an explosion. Michael Beige. That's a classic uh, textbook example of something out of the frame, entering the frame, and suddenly yeah, becoming relevant. That was good. The Batman joke. It was, sorry, it wasn't just a Michael Bay. That was almost the same yeah, joke as yeah. Avengers. You know, the, they all coming down and it starts panning. I, that, I love that because that I can see James Gunn doing that because that's a visual gag. My problem, as I said, is not the visual gags. Is the dialogue guys. But there are a lot. But that's the point. If there's a criticism to be made in a lot of American comedies, even though they might be great American comedies, yeah. is that sometimes they're just too much dialogue. Yeah, there's yeah. not physical acting. There's not, somebody that does great physical acting, for example, would be. Uh, in, I must admit, he's pretty bison. Sometimes his movies are kind of mediocre. But Jason Segel does. I thought you were going to say I'm Sandra for a moment. Oh, Jesus, I had a I had a mini. Stroke. Jason Segel, oh, he can have better or, or worse movies, but he always brings physical comedy to the table, whether it be uh, Surviving uh, surviving Sarah... Uh, oh, the name escapes me now. I don't uh, know. I, I don't I don't follow Jason Segel okay. that much. He's the oh, yeah. How I Met Your Mother guy, yeah. right? Uh, or his movie with Paul Rudd, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. There we go. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Sarah no, Marshall. No. I, I haven't seen his most recent work, 
but I, I'm pretty sure it hasn't been great. But he always brings physical comedy to the table, and there was physical comedy here. There was physical comedy yeah. in Star Wars in in Star Lord's move. There was, uh, <laughs> Be careful, man. Remember that you that, hate Star that, Wars. That's another rabbit. I do not hate Star Wars. You do hate. That's Star another Wars. rabbit hole we won't never get out of. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, sh shots that are funny yep. suddenly coming into frame, like the Pac-Man joke. Oh. Uh, there's also things happening off, off screen that are actually funny, like the scotch tape joke, and they go and back. And uh, again, textbook examples of something like, for example, Edgar Wright does very well yeah. of making visual and physical comedy. And so I, I do not agree with that. For at the beginning of the movie, when Rocket starts, oh, I was winking with my wrong eye, and yes, I hated those jokes, but it's not exactly that I hated them, it just set the character up. And so when he's when we're laughing, because Groot brought a, a, a finger, and we know the kind of guy that he is, and he straight-faced for a raccoon, you know, and he says, do, do, do you have like a fridge where you keep... Yeah, a drawer. Human, a drawer where you keep human fingers set. and he does it with a straight face yeah. it's because you got to know the character that you laugh because you had all those jokes to set up this the theme in the beginning so I don't agree at all I think I think it nails it and there are criticisms to be made but if we're talking about criticisms about the Star Lord and Gamora there's no way you're gonna break the cliche and so what are you gonna do are you really gonna devote the movie to becoming a wrong kill Gamora no, you killed Yondu, and the theme of this why movie he's was, the newest guardian. The the, the, of, the theme of this of of this movie was family, oh my and it's God, not like say that. Yondu. Sometimes it's it's a fine theme. It depends on how you use it, and it's not like Yondu was a uh, what's the name of this guy? Uh, the other Ravager? No, the Quicksilver. It's not like he was Quicksilver from Avengers. Uh, that oh he would introduce oh nobody cares about you oh there you there you go you go ahead and die uh, which I know it was the studio's fault because he had, uh, just didn't want to kill Hawkeye or somebody important and they wouldn't let him uh, so they just took out quit sales to stop yeah, fighting yeah, let's with, blame the studio for a bad movie we've seen that one before Josh it Josh is it Josh 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 whatever Mr. it always ha it always happens but. Uh, in this case, it fits thematically, so it's not like they ignore a risk. And Yondu was a well-liked character in the movie from the exact same reason that you could probably like him now, which is fantasy fulfillment. People like an overpowered character, and seeing Yondu just tear up a ship, just like he did on the first movie, just gets people hyped. And the sudden change of heart, of heart from uh, an unrepenting bastard in the first movie that has a heart of gold. He would, was never an unre unrepenting Until bastard. Until the last five minutes, yes, he was. No, he wasn't. In the first movie. No, he, he, was, he always had a heart. Especially yeah. for Peter Quill. Yeah, but they weren't. It was never shown until the end. I think. It, I think you're wrong, actually. Okay, but we're not going to discuss. We're, the, let's the just first say this. The point let's is, say this. He's a well let's just say character. this. We agree to disagree. All right. Okay. Let's say it. No, he's, say it. Agree to disagree. We agree to disagree. Thank okay. You. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a one-off kill that you just threw in there. No, the relate the parental relationships gone really developed the joke about but you told me you would eat me that was funny it lands that's because, a good joke but and that's and the fact that that joke lands means that his death has weight because if that joke hadn't landed then it wouldn't have weight great logic the one that you bring but you know I, I like that joke I really like the relationship Peter Quill and Yondu but at the same time why do you have to go father son I for one never had that idea in my head. I didn't think about them father, like a father son dynamic. At most, a big brother, a small brother, little brother dynamic. But father son, I think that was sure on him. He raised him. He was. Ten. I understand that he raised him, but I've never seen it like that properly. Maybe it's just my fault. I just thought that for those exact words, for those flashbacks that where he is teaching him to shoot and shit, for that to do that, ten minutes before he's gonna die. I don't think that's that's proper. I think that's an example of shoe, shoehorning in something. And you know what? It was foreshadowed at the I very think, beginning listen, when Kragnik. When is it Kragnik? I don't know. Fuck. The other Ravager. Just call it James Gunn's no, brother. Uh, James Gunn Brothers. It's if you bit, want, I can tell it's, you. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's uh, called Cracklin. I was close. But no, so, they never say so his name, Craig, don't they? Yes, they do. You sure? Yeah. So, Craigslist at the beginning. No, it's Craigslist. I, I did it on purpose. Well, that's a bad joke, like the ones in Guardians of the Galaxy. At the, beginning, the very first conflict Yondu has, yeah. and Craigslist points out, you always defended Peter in a way you never defended any of us. And so, that's 
first time he he has a, a, situa- a situation with conflict. Yeah. And there you go. And it's already been established. They already the did that in the beginning. first movie. And now it's been developed. I, that's why... Listen, this is not a disagreement. I said that I like the dynamic. I just think that the father-son thing was badly placed. I think, And you know what? This is not a problem. It's not Marvel saying to James Gunn, oh, we need more jokes. Oh, we need more action figures to just put another character that's also a tree or whatever. That's not the... That's just bad, the bad placement, you know, Whether bad you planning. Like it or not, there's, there's scenes in the movie that have been put in there throughout it to establish the father-son dynamic. Not necessarily father-son. Yes. Just a mentor-tutor. No, that's not. Mentor dynamic. Mentor-tutor is not tutor. Tutor is mentor is the same thing. Just a mentor and, you know, mentee. Mentor. That's how you say it. (laughs) Relationships like that in fiction are literally father-son. They are never not father-son. And the idea of looking up to somebody, it's always father-son. And and it said in the beginning, I thought Yondu was your father. And yes, it's played for laughs, but... In every single instance that Yondu's brought up before they, they meet again, it's always established. Did you like it? No, you did not. Does that mean that it's not established? No, it doesn't. Like you say, I guess I guess this movie fell into a cliche again. How surprising. It's not... You cannot escape cliche sometimes. The only thing you can do, you know, especially if you're... Creative directors and producers can't escape it. How? Especially if you're... Are you a creative director or producer? Are you? Are you? How? Show me. Show me your IMDb page. It's a uh, sex... Okay, no. That, that You're not a creator or producer. I'm not either, so we don't know. But they're supposed to be. I thought that they were with the first movie. The first movie told me, oh, this guy's a creative. This was the most cliché thing ever. It just was a great cliché. It was... You know what? Evil superpower to destroy world... Cataclysm incoming, but, you know, band thanks, of ropes yeah. band together to overcome it, thanks and for, they do so with the power of being a family. Thanks for thanks for telling that to me. You know why? Because after so many Marvel movies, I just filter out the main conflict. Because the main conflict is always the same, not just Marvel movies, superhero movies. There's always a blue light in the sky, there's always something falling down, oh, there's always a bomb, stop, there's stop, always a big baddie that sense. grows... I'm not, actually. Saying the, the big light in the sky is the quintessential of criticisms for superhero movies that does not happen I haven't watched cinema since in a long time I haven't either well so I don't know if they're doing that and as I told you before stop referencing them even if we stole a joke from them stop referencing them no no they're bad now they're enemies of the public they are bad now my point is that I wasn't even thinking about the main conflict you know why? The main conflict is not even worth thinking about. It's, all these Marvel movies and most superhero movies have such cliched main conflicts because they don't allow anything to go off the formula. I think Guardians, even though you can say big baddie, big weapon, the all, all the things surrounding that big conflict were much more original than they are now. So that's my problem. But yeah, this, this movie has a very cliched main problem. You How know? many movies do you know where the main character loses? Not just, not just dies not and, the, and the objective gets fulfilled. No, no, no. My point is that stories have an ending that is expected, okay. that will happen, and that we know what is what is going to be. So because a perfect movie does not exist, we shouldn't it's criticize. Not about, it's not about perfect movies. It's about different endings. It's about All right. things like a hero journey are one of the most used tropes in fiction, and that exists that way for a reason. Yeah. In the end, we know that the good guys are going to triumph over the bad guys, even if they don't. For example, let's take the uh, is it the Departed, the the one with Scorsese and yeah, Matt Damon DiCaprio, and DiCaprio. Matt Damon, okay, and in Mark the Departed, there's a lot of people in that movie. They all die, and it comes full circle, and then they all not di- all die. Mark Wahlberg doesn't die. Well, Mark Wahlberg doesn't die, but in Sadly. the end, it's it's not like the main characters don't lose it's 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 about oh the purpose has been fulfilled it's it, it's all a journey and DiCaprio dies trying to expose it but 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 he explodes he dies and then there goes Matt Damon and so even when the heroes heroes lose you, you don't get a feeling of of non-closure of not knowing what was going to happen you were expecting one someone to get away the thing is the little twist at the end and in that, in that movie they're all anti-heroes or just plain old villains so it doesn't count Think about a movie with a hero, with a hero. Just yeah. and and I'm talking about really inspired directors. Does Bill not die in Kill Bill? Yes, he does. He ends up dying. But we always know he's going to end up dying, and that the bride is going to come out on top. Listen. We always know that she's not going to die. I understand your point, and we probably should get back to Guardians. But all I want to say is this: I I don't think that 
the heroes in a superhero movie dying should be the only different enough or at least i wasn't implying that them dying or losing was the only different enough ending i'm just saying just because there is not a movie that is incredibly creative that blows my socks off and shuts me up in any criticism that i have i don't think that means i shouldn't criticize other movies for not doing it i don't need to know exactly what kind of ending should a movie have just to criticize the ending that it actually has why? Because I'm not a director. I'm also not a critic. I'm not a journalist. I'm not anything like that. I'm just a guy that watches movies and is enough of an asshole, a self-entitled, egomaniacal asshole to actually talk about it in front of a microphone and try to upload it on the internet. And you are one, too. I am. But Snowpiercer destroys the train. But Matrix Neo dies, but ends the war between the robots. He doesn't really and, die. Though. Well, he transcends, whatever. But yeah. he stops existing as he is. So, in the end, it's not like he retains his form. There are sacrifices. People yeah. die throughout the movies. Uh, I don't know. In Batman, yes, the hero ends up, the hero ends up, triumph, ends up being successful. And only a lot of red shirts. Which like, Batman? Batman Robin? No, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh. Uh, so, just take your pick. In the end, we know what's going to happen. The point is... Are you going to create stakes? Are you going to create relatable characters? Are you going to make sure that if there's a death, that it has weight? Is Obi-Wan's death less impactful there? because nope. the, the Death Star blows Not up? Listening. No, listening. no, it isn't. No, it is right impactful because we've gone to know the characters. Let's not go to Star Wars, please. Okay. Uh, Let me just say this. I think we've reached a fundamental disagreement when it comes to what to expect and what we want out of movies and how to criticize them. I don't think we're going to come to an agreement with this, mostly because of the title of the podcast, which is... Well, you know what it is. I don't have to repeat it for you. Repeat it. I'm not. Come on! No, this, that's Come on! A, no, this is Drax saying that Mantis is ugly. We don't need to run the jokes around. And but we disagree. I want to change... I will on iTunes and Spotify. I want to say something real quick. And there's something that I think we can agree. And that is that the best point in this movie, the greatest scene, the one thing that this movie does differently and that no movie can ever surpass is a David Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff cameo. I mispronounce every word like, that phrase, yeah. by the way. But it's like, a David Hasselhoff cameo. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, David Hasselhoff cameo. That was just amazing. Were you expecting like that? Cameos. Yeah, but what the fuck? Also, it oh, makes... So you know what? This is why I like it. I like it. It makes no sense. You know? If we were Cinema Saints, and thanks, thank goodness we're not... That would be a scene, a scene, because he's regenerating and he's turning into David Hasselhoff for no reason. He doesn't know that Peter said that Hasselhoff was his father. He just do it. He just, or just turn into David Hasselhoff. Who fucking cares? And that's fucking amazing. He doesn't need to make sense. Cameo was so good. As it, well. it was good, but that's something that we expect. I, I was, I went into this movie expecting a Stanley cameo. Even in the movies that we didn't get a Stanley cameo, like Deadpool, was still. There was a cameo in Deadpool. Which Jesus movie, Christ! Which movie didn't have Fantasy Four? The new one didn't have. A yeah, cameo, exactly. But whatever. The point is that even in the movies that I walk in thinking about there's a cameo, my point is that I walk into every Marvel movie thinking that there's going to be a Stanley cameo. So it's not surprising when it's good, but it is surprising when when Hasselhoff makes a cameo. You know, in the first movie, I wasn't expecting Kevin Bacon to make a cameo, even though they they name drop him. And I was certainly wasn't expecting the fucking Knight Rider to to appear in this movie, especially in such an out of place uh, situation. If they were building up to it, I don't know they go back to Earth and they go into a car or whatever. The thing is that there was no actual setup for that scene. There was only a conceptual, conceptual, conceptual setup for for that moment, and it pays off so well. Can we agree that was the greatest really moment good. in probably movie history? No. But oh was, come on! It was, it was really good. The, top ten. No. Top fifteen. Come on, give it to me. Just 15. Top 37. No, f well, top 20. Let's go to top 20. What there is a Death Star exploding. Uh, top 29 and a half. Just top. Let's name some of them. Death Star exploding. No, Obi Wan no. saying, only a master of evil, Darth. Those are some of the great mo movie moments. You know, young you Anakin. Young Black Anakin Vegas? saying, uh, Are you an angel? There's oh, some other. Stop it. The, the Stop tragedy it. of Darth Plagueis the Wise, also a great moment. The Ewoks. Obi Wan saying. The Ewoks taking down a, a massive Obi -Wan, army. Obi Wan with saying, stones and lances. Obi Wan saying. Dude, stop it. Obi Wan, stop it. listen. This no, is it. No. I think this is the number one. No. He drops from the from the ceiling to to Grievous, surrounded by droids, and he says, "Hello there." That's such the, the best introduction ever. No, you, know, be, you know what's better? Well, when Luke comes to uh, 
Jawa's place. No, Jawa's palace. Jawa's palace. And, and it's like, hello, I want you to imprison me and then fight the Ragnar. No, that's and then... not the literal thing that it says. No, no, yeah. That you're doing it yeah, wrong. Yeah, sure. The point is that Hasselhoff was Star in the top 20 moments of movie yeah. history. And But if you disagree, you don't know nothing about movies. It was really good. Here's the thing. Yeah. Do I like when a movie subverts expectations? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes, Does right. that mean that I'm going to hold it against the movie because it does not blow my mind for going against the script and everybody dies in the end? No, that's well, ridiculous. Well, forgive really me for having high It's standards. It's standards. A movie can subvert expectations and go for it or a movie can... Uh, can stay within the established margins of how a story should be told or about story tropes and end up being great because it develops characters and its relationships and its turning points and its stakes and there are the stakes because Yondu fucking dies yeah. and there is build up to that because Peter loses his family and he finally closes the pain on his mother's death There are a lot of stuff, there's a lot of shit going on here and it's all really good and it stumbles quite a bit but uh, those issues get resolved through the th in the second and third act and they're all great through that when I say second and third I mean not like literally first second third yeah, fourth yeah, fifth yeah. I mean first that introduction second development third yeah, yeah, the, the ending the final conflict yeah so that's that's why I love it and honestly if we've already agreed on the visuals then I'm pretty sure we're not gonna fight the soundtrack which well somehow we shouldn't even talk about the then. soundtrack it's the same thing for the first one While sometimes being sure, then I don't think there's anybody alive that can go ahead and say that it's a bad soundtrack. It's a good idea. I'm saddened that other movies are taking that example and doing it badly, like Suicide Squad. And that's why I didn't spend my money on Suicide Squad. You know, luckily we still have them. I mean, even though I didn't like this movie as much as the first Guardians, and I don't think it's even close to the top five Marvel movies or superhero movies for that matter. What? I still. How would you possibly say that? What would you put in the top five? Marvel movies? Yeah. All right. Are you, you sure want to do this? Let's do it quick. Top five. Winter Soldier, Civil War, Iron Man 1, Guardians 1, Avengers. You hate Avengers. I don't hate Avengers. I think it's not, it's an underwhelming movie for the reception that it got. But it's still a great movie. And it, you know what? I don't like Avengers as much as a movie. I like it as a proof of concept. I think Avengers needed to happen. It happened. Let's get over with. Let's give it the recognition it deserves. Let's give uh, Joss Whedon the recognition he deserves for that one. And let's kill him for Avengers 2. And let's just move on oh, with it. Oh, Christ. Don't get me wrong, I love Avengers, but yeah. uh, I can recognize all of its flaws. It's just so... It's just good. It's charged with great energy, and it's not just Whedon's fault for Avengers 2, it's the studio. It But in any case... Point no one was forcing to direct it. If the, if the, the soundtrack's great, the visuals yeah. are great, the directing is great. While the soundtrack is sometimes forced, uh, the use of the, uh, of the song from the trailer, which is... Basically, yeah. it fits the movie so well to put it just at the beginning, not use it again for, for the entire movie, and then use it again for the climax was just brilliant. I honestly, I can't think of many movies that start with, that has a variety of songs that changes it up so much, and that it starts with, it starts with a song and it just leaves you hanging, and it doesn't say anything. Yeah. And then, when you least expect it, it hits again. And you're expecting a different song for the climax, or a generic song for the climax. And on that note, even though this movie has such a, a uh, Potpourri of a soundtrack. Okay. Uh, it, it's it's called that, sure. Uh, well, I can say nothing. It's such a mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's on the same spectrum. Of, of I understand the. I understand what potpourri means, you know. Okay, whatever. Point is, uh, there were several moments where I think like Marvel is trying to face the criticism of they not having a one recognizable soundtrack that's inherent to Marvel oh, with the whole bum 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 that's interesting like, like the well, same song that they start with the credits no there was a huge discussion uh, a couple of months ago and it's been there for a long time which is Marvel does not know how to do good soundtracks I think that's because we we're holding them to the standards of Star Wars and other movies that have or Lord of Rings that are epic movies and have had incredible soundtracks I don't think that's fair Marvel makes great movies But most of them are not going to be classics, you know? You know what? Probably the one that's going to be a classic is Avengers. And Avengers has a... Rem I remember the theme song for Avengers. I think most people do. I do too, so... Yeah. Honestly, but it, there was the, this... Wait, let's give this. Most movies don't have original soundtracks that are that great. Guardians has a great soundtrack, not a great original soundtrack. But that's my point. The original soundtrack sounds a lot like the intro credits and a lot like the Avengers song. 
Yeah, so, it doesn't really matter, though. It's not that They're doing it something different. No, it's not that it I give them a pass not, for that. It's not that it matters. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying, it sounded to me like they're trying to address that problem. Maybe, and, yeah. and I like that they're trying to address problems. In a creative way, though. Because it's not like, all right, let's get, jo- let's get, let's get John Williams to make a song, whatever, fuck it. Let's pay him $20 million and make us the Star Wars song. No, they're doing something creative. And I think that's not Marvel, though. That's James Gunn. Maybe Marvel said, we need something different. And James Gunn took the, the, the wheel and did something different. And I appreciate that, even though I don't really... Really, those songs are mostly not my jam I think that's great you know it's great because the, the best way to surpass the problem of original soundtracks is maybe not do an original soundtrack just do songs uh, I, I, I think they should keep striving for original soundtracks yeah. but if they can't they can surely compensate the way James Gunn does it and Taika Wahidi yeah. or Tiki Tiki Taka like, I, I, I don't know he's the Australian guy he's Australian right I don't know the, the, we're from. talking about the director of Thor Ragnar Thor Ragnar yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like another promising guy that's gonna yeah. try and put his imprint in the movie yeah uh, so we'll just have to see but having said all this honestly I think we're out of categories to yeah, Guardians in, yeah, we should in summary uh, Guardians is a great movie I can't say that it's among Marvel's greatest uh, I mean there are like 20 movies but most most of them fall between average and good, and just a couple of them are between good and, and, and great, and just a few excellent. So let's say this this movie is great because yeah. it is, uh, but it does good. not it does not reach excellence. I, I don't think it reaches. And had it been the first Guardians movie, I would put it among excellence because it'd be the new thing. I mean, I, I think this movie is ju- is just as good as the first one. It's just that it's the second one. If you're just as good as the first one, when you're the second one, then it, it kind of loses some of the magic. But that does not mean that it's any less great. And I, uh, but I can't call it great because the uh, the first I don't know thirty minutes or so are kind of clunky. So even yeah. if the payoff is great, even if you're clunky on purpose, you're still clunky. So it's great, but it's not excellent. It's great, saying. but it's not excellent. That's, yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. There, there are characters. There is an effort to do just that for the characters to be characters, mm-hmm. not just things that are written, not just stereotypes, and every character tries and get its moment to shine on, oh, we got all these characters, but everybody else goes, you know, even Craigslist got some time to be developed, even Taser fucking face with the fucking jokes about him got some th- uh, something of an inferiority complex, and, and that's fine, and, and I appreciate the movie for that, as I said. It's a great movie that does a great service to its characters, with great visuals, great action scenes, uh, and actually... It's, I, I can't say it's... I mean, how refreshing is a plot from, that's directly taken from a comic book? So... Was this? I don't know if this is a particular issue. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting villain. I, I'm, I'm not that much of a supporter of the forget all Marvel villains thing because I liked... Uh, what was his name? Oh, Christ. I just... I, I don't just know what you're talking about right now. Uh, the villain from Marvel Civil War, but I just can't... I know he's yeah, yeah, yeah. with, uh, with a seed. I th- I'm I'm thinking Baron Mordo, but that's that's a, the Doctor Strange. One. I think it's Baron Seek. Baron Simo. Baron Simo. Yeah. Well, I can't remember his name, but I can remember his motivations. But I can remember his speech about his dead family and how he just found the corpses 12, 15 days later. So uh, I don't agree that all Marvel villains are forgettable, except for Loki. In fact, I hate Loki a bit because he's gone in, uh, tiresome as the years went by for me. Yeah. But I I think uh, that the movie could have benefited from a little more time focusing on on this existential dread that Peter's dad had because yeah. that's some heavy fucking shit and that line at the end you'll just be like everybody else that could have really been the meat of an excellent movie that really did but you're not gonna debate philosophy in a Marvel movie at least not not really debate philosophy that's not why you go to a, in a Marvel, Marvel movie. movie that's not even why. if I love it even if I'd say that that gives it excellence I cannot expect Marvel to jeopardize it's billion dollars yeah they would never give 200 million dollars for someone to make a movie like that yeah la- well the internal journey of Star-Lord and how he talks to his shrink hello Marvel I want to discuss in in the next upcoming Avengers movie Plato's Allegory of the Cave will you oh give me 200 God, million dollars such a cuckold stop, stop it cuckold. Okay. No, I think it think? was. I think it was a great summary of what you're thinking about, and that you saying that it was great, but it wasn't excellent. And I, I have a similar idea, although I would just lower down a level and say it's not great. It's good. It's a good movie. Yes. Is it great? No. Marvel has great movies. It has excellent movies. I agree. 
but this is not up there. Wait, no, let's just disagree a lot. Not just go ahead and say it's awful and you hate it. Oh shit, that's right. This is the worst movie ever made. How is it that they're blue people? And I've now, never seen blue people in my life. This movie is unrealistic. It sucks. And now for the topical bit. It's a tremendous movie, people. Oh my god, just I hate see you it. so much. We're gonna no. I don't want to close with that. No, no, no. Honestly, that though. Now I think we're. It's a similar a similar idea that you have, but just you know, in a different level. If we're being honest, I think this movie is worth a watch. It's worth a ticket price and more even. It's worth. If it's worth watching it two price? times, maybe. I don't know if you like it that much, but it's worth buying the soundtrack if you like it, which is not something that I can say for most movies. But still. For me, it left me underwhelmed. It left me disappointed. And to be fair, it's not the movies, the movie as an individual movie's fault. It's the fault of the first movie. The first movie raised the bar so high that it was very difficult for this one to actually surpass it. And maybe a better idea would have been to make a crappy movie in the first one. I don't know. That would have been interesting. You know, that's the, the, the advantage that Thor has. I think everyone is so excited for Ragnarok because the last two Thor movies were so terrible that it was like, they gave Thor a new movie? Oh, this is bullshit. Then they saw the trainers, they were like, oh, this is so different. And I, that's probably the movie I'm most excited for all the whole year, except for Arth King Arthur. That's the movie I'm most excited for. one has some great moments. No, it didn't. So <laughs> it, it, it was. It didn't rise just about good, but three words. Really three words. Natalie Portman. St stupid. You do realize you've already made that Natalie stupid. Portman, that humorous joke, right? I like it. Stupid. I don't like it. But my point is that I think it's just a matter of perspective. You know, if I had, if this was the first movie, this would have been above average for Marvel standards, and it still is. But since we, the bar is Guardians of the Galaxy 1, this movie can never live up to it. And if, I mean, it could. But in this case, for me, it didn't. Because you're a couple. Aha! And it's stole it! And that's how we wrap it up! joke! So, you son we'll of a see bitch. you next time, guys!